welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. People. He was one of the first people that welcomed me home. Um, and he made this, uh, this group feel like home to me. Um, I can tell you, uh, he's one of the people that I can call a friend. Um, and, um, and I have friends that I've known for almost 55 years, but he's one of my closest friends and, um, and I'm welcome. Uh, I'm grateful, as I said, to introduce him. So Joel, uh, let me turn it over to you. Thank you, Don, for those kind words. And Joel, before we start, how many, uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes? 20 minutes is probably more than enough. Okay. And I got you, t- I got you timed. Okay. Again, thank you, Don, and welcome, everybody. Um, So what I'm going to talk about is home. And uh, let me start with the end of the solution. Uh, We began practicing a positive sobriety, taking the actions of love to improve our relationship with others. We are learning how to give, and the measure we gave was the measure we got back. We are finding with none of the substitutes that ever supplied, we were making the real connection. We were home. So, why we were home? Why we are home? What does that mean? Why did he just say we are sober or we're in recovery or uh, we're on the path? And so many different ways that Roy could have done this, but he said we were home. So, I'm going to talk about how I relate to home. Part of it is through music. So, because there are so many songs about home, and I'm going to talk about a couple, a few of them. I'm just going to name a few. Uh, obviously, Take Me Home, Country Roads, Sweet Home, Alabama, Small Town, Home, uh, Green Green Grass of Home, another one called Home by the Foo Fighters. And most of these songs are about the fantasy of coming home or being home or getting home. And then there's a couple of things. Um, another fantasy, Homeward Bound, uh, by Paul Simon, where he talks about uh, where, where his thoughts are, where his music is, where his girl is waiting silently for him. You know, it's a lot of fantasy because home is so different to so many people. And it's different to me. And I'm going to talk about another a Beatles song called She's Leaving Home, which is based on a true story about a runaway who got pregnant. And, um, you know, in the song, the mother says, how could she be so thoughtless? How could she do this to me? You know, which as an addict, I've made so many things about myself. It's like, it's nothing about them. How could that person do this to me? So that's, you know, something that's been problematic in my life and realizing that most things aren't about me. Even the things that are about me aren't about me unless I make it about myself. Um, Another song is Our House by Madness, which talks about growing up, you know, at home. And... That's a big thing that I can relate to is growing up is everybody has a, a different thing. You know, I grew up in an apartment. I grew up in a home. I grew up in the woods. I grew up in a cave. It doesn't matter. Home is what you make it. And final song I'm going to talk about is a song by a group called Blind Faith called Can't Find My Way Home. And I think this song just hits it right there. You know. Uh, come down off your throne and leave your body alone. Somebody has to change. Boom. Right there. I mean, that just, that speaks volumes to me. So 
Somebody that has to change, obviously, is me. And according to the serenity, the serenity prayer, that's the only thing that I am capable of changing. And I can't change the world. The world hasn't changed, but the way I look at the world has changed. Um, and I see things so differently, and I continue to see things so differently. That makes a huge difference in my recovery. Um, and getting to this, it's, you know, there's a saying, a house is not a home, which is very true. A house is something that somebody built. Uh, it can eventually become a home, but it's not, doesn't have to be. And some houses are not homes. Um, so, I mean, really, when I think of home, it's more of a social construct. It's a story that we tell ourselves uh, about who we are. Um, and really, Dorothy says, there's no place like home because home is not actually a place. You know, as I just said, home is what we make of it. I mean, the sayings, home is where I hang my hat. Home is where the hearth is. Home is where the heart is. That last saying, home is where the heart is. My heart is right here. So right now, I am home. And I'm actually at work. I, I do these meetings from my, from my work which is my second home. I call it my second home. And it is, it is, this is my home away from home because I feel home is where I feel comfortable. And these days I feel comfortable almost anywhere because of my recovery. Um, it's, you know, so when, when I talk about home, being in recovery is my home. And that's why Roy talks about this. We were home because this is a journey I'm on. But part of this journey is being home. And being home could be anywhere for me, whether I'm here, whether I'm at the store, whether I'm on vacation, if I'm at a hotel. You know, let's go back to the hotel, let's go home. Kind of interchangeable. Because home for me is being comfortable in my own skin. And it's taken me a while to do that, to be comfortable in my own skin. And this journey is not over. This journey is going to continue for me, and I will continue to be at home. And right now, I wasn't always comfortable speaking in front of people. But being that I'm home, you know, this, this is my home. You guys are my home. You are part of my home. And because of that, you know, I don't, I don't worry about what people are thinking about me because I don't care. And... The truth is, most people don't think of me. Most people think of themselves. So that's something I need not worry about. So being home is a place, there might be some worry there. I can certainly understand that because sometimes I'm at home and there are things I worry about. There are things I think about. Um, and my emotions are clear. I don't have to hide my emotions. I don't have to stuff them, you know, back down. Um, and this talk about positive emotions and negative emotions to me is a load of crap. Emotions are emotions. You know, no good, no bad, no positive, no negative, just emotions. And I'm capable of feeling many emotions at one time. And that was a surprise when I started feeling that. It was like I didn't know what to do. But I've learned what to do is just, as I've referred to in a previous share at a reading that we have, is about being that cork on the ocean. And that cork is going to float 
no matter how the ocean is. If the ocean is clear, if the ocean is calm, if the ocean is stormy, if there's huge waves, that cork will float. And I need to keep floating no matter what. And, um, you know, Frank Zappa once said in one of his songs, I figure the odds be 50-50. I might have something to say. And that's true. I might have something to say, but I might not. So it, it really doesn't matter. But I am home with you guys. And it's, it's great to be here. It's a wonderful place. And home, for me, is what I make it. And I can remember years ago, I used to worry about going home, about how my wife might be feeling, then I have to adjust to how she... No, I don't do that anymore. How she's feeling is how she's feeling when I come home. And how I'm feeling is how I'm feeling. I'm not going to let... I'm not going to make someone else feel a certain way, and someone else is not going to make me feel a certain way unless I allow them to. Because this is my home, and this is what I'm making it. And I am so happy to be in recovery all these years. And recovery for me is to keep learning. And maybe my home or my concept will change with time. I don't know. But I know what I feel now is I feel at home. And that's what's important to me. And I'm so glad to have friends here like Don and everybody else that's here. Because you guys make my home experience beautiful. Um, when I'm at a meeting, whether it be a meeting on Zoom or a live meeting, I am home. And my recovery keeps bringing me back to home. And I'm just glad to be here. And thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Joel. Thanks, Joel. Joel. Thanks, Joel. Thanks for sharing Thanks, Joel. with us, Joel. Thanks, Joel. Joel. Oh. Don, you got to unmute. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Joel. That was uh, beautiful. Um, in participation. We avoid topics that can lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid sexual descriptions and sexually abusive language. The emphasis is on honesty, recovery, and healing. How to apply the 12 steps and 12 traditions in our daily lives. No crosstalk, please. Please keep your shares in the I and the me and not in the you and the we. If you would like to ask a question uh, or share it on the topic in, of the session, please raise your hand at the bottom of the panel. Um, or if you uh, don't have access to that, I'll try to keep my eye open for anybody who's raising their hand on the screen. Uh, if you want to ask a question but do not want to be recorded, please use the chat feature. Okay, and the floor is open. Bill, you're up. Okay, thanks, Don. And Joel, thanks so much for uh, your, your share today and kicking off our second annual conference. What a wonderful way to sort of jumpstart it. Um, you mentioned, uh, I really related to the notion of um, a, a house is not a home. And I know for the first time in my life, I'm finally living in the home um, and not searching for someone else's house. Um, can you talk a couple of, I made a question, just can you talk a little bit about maybe one or two things you do when you feel a little off center and you're not at home, like in terms of your recovery, um, just in terms of what actions you take to try and get yourself realigned? Yeah, Bill, thank you. Um I guess one of the big things that I do is breathing, it's, which sounds like, yeah, but I breathe anyway. So it's taking those deep breaths and just centering myself. And usually that works for the most part uh, when I have something or something's bothering me. Um, obviously making a call, texting, um, and sometimes just removing myself from the situation, going outside, taking a walk. Uh, reading, playing guitar, it's just something to get my mind off what's going on. And sometimes I need that. And that certainly helps me. Um, meditation is something I, I do a lot. But, um, you know, it's the breathing sometimes that the mini meditation that sometimes I need to do to just 
get myself from <clears throat> from being in a bad way. So thank you for that question. Thank you. Thanks, Joel. Uh, Dennis, you're up and the floor is open. Hey, Joel, Dennis, sexaholic. Um, I know you've been in the program for a while. When did it hit you that you were home? Hmm. Unmute myself. That's, that's a good question. Uh, I think I knew it all along, but it probably didn't really start hitting me until maybe I, I was doing my step work, I, maybe halfway through my steps uh, with my sponsor and realizing that I can make this my home. Um, and the readings that we, that we read before every meeting take on different meetings at diff different meanings at different times. And, you know, we were home took me a while to understand that but i think one day it just hit me i'm home this is where i need to be this is where i'm meant to be and for today because i don't have to worry about tomorrow or next year or five years down today i am home and that's all i need so thank you dennis thanks dennis and thanks all right uh randy you're up thanks don <clears throat> And thanks, Bill and Dennis, for, for putting this together. This is great. Um, Joel, I've heard so much about you. Um, I've now considered the uh, Saturday morning Seaford Plainview meeting my home for well over a year now. And I, I've heard of you, and, and I'm, I'm happy to finally get to hear you speak. This was really very inspiring. Um, I, I have It's not a question. I have a comment, I, and this is great. Um, I, I often continue to struggle with with how my relationship is with my higher power and 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 how I feel about that but the the things you spoke about this morning um really hit home for me um you you use the lyrics of so many songs and it just gets me to think you know musicians in general and certainly a number of the musicians you spoke about man, they're as screwed up as I am. And for the most part, um, many, I believe, have not found what I have found. Um, and despite their issues and troubles, um, you have been able to take their art and, and relate it to something that's so special and, and so wonderful as part of this program. And to me, just it's hitting me like a, like a brick on the head that I think that is truly inspired um, from whatever the higher power is for whomever is speaking, and certainly from my higher power. And, and I really appreciate your your being able to do that for me. So thanks. Thank you, Randy. As a musician and a songwriter, um, I can look at lyrics, I can look at songs, and uh, it strikes me. Um, and that's how I base a lot of things, because uh, my life is music. And music is my life. It's <clears throat> it's not my first job. It's not my day job, but it's something I've been doing since I'm since I'm a teen, and I I love it, and I relate to so many things in lyrics and music. So thank you. Thanks for sharing, Randy. Dave M from Michigan. You're up. Thanks, Don. Joel, I apologize. I, I got in a little late here, but one of the one of the things that you said that I really connected with is uh, how she's feeling is how she's feeling and how I'm feeling is how I'm feeling. Um, and I struggle with codependency. And I was just wondering if you could give us any of the uh, strategies that you use to navigate that. Thanks. Uh, sure. Um, it's something when I was first in recovery and sobriety, I maybe had months or a year. I don't remember. Um, and I remember going out with my wife. To, we were shopping somewhere or something. It doesn't matter. But um, I remember just saying to her, I'm doing pretty well, huh? And she looked at me. And I would have liked to say, yes, you are. But she said something better. She said, do you really need me to validate the way you're feeling? And I was like, huh? You know, and that hit me. That was probably my wife is incredible, incredibly intelligent person, 
And that's probably one of the best things she could have said to me because that hit home. And I'm going to use the word home because, you know, I realized, no, we don't have to validate it. I can validate myself. And that's what this is about. So really, yeah, it's about validating myself, not letting my buttons get pushed. And, you know, like most of you know, as you know, it's the people that are close to me that can push my buttons, my wife, my son, my daughter, nobody else really does that, but they are capable of that if I allow them to. And I've had sponsees that have said to me, well, my wife pushes my buttons. And I say, well, why do you allow her to do that? And they go, huh? So sometimes my wife will say something to me and it could be nasty, but I don't look at it that way. I just let it go. I take a few breaths. And if I need to respond, I respond. And if I don't, I don't. It sounds simple, but it's about being patient with myself and being patient with her. And she is a lot of times not patient with me. But that's okay because she's not in a 12-step program. I am. So I hope that helps you. Thanks. Thanks for sharing, Dave. Um, hey, uh, Joel, I, I'd like to share. Um, so my name is Don, and I'm a sexaholic. And uh, this was so interesting, the way you put this together, Joel. Anyone who can tie together Frank Zappa and Paul Simon is incredibly intelligent. <laughs> my thought was, as you were going through this, that um, sex is such an important topic, and it's one that should be taught in the home. Um, and uh, I can't speak for anyone else, but I can tell you that it was not a topic in my home. I did not learn about sex. At some point, I learned, you know, I became aware that the stork uh, was not bringing any of my brothers and sister around. Um, but uh, this is a place where I could finally talk about sex and what it meant to me and how I was dysfunctional in some of my sexual thinking. And it was just uh, so normal. This was my home. It became my home. Um, I remember br bringing one of my sponsees into the group here, and he was a 12-stepper from AA. And after the meeting, it was a great meeting. After the meeting, he said to me, oh, my God, I've been in AA for 10 years. You guys talk about shit that is real. We don't ever talk about that in AA. This is a taboo topic. At my home with my daughters, sex was never taboo. And I'm very lucky that, you know, my daughters, they're adults at this point. They know about my problem and they're completely supportive. If I need to get on a meeting or if I forget about what the time is, my daughter who lives with me will say, hey, dad, you got to get down. There's a, a meeting is going on. And, and that makes me feel comfortable. And listen, um, where should you feel more comfortable but at home? So thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Don. Joe R. Up Monticello, is it still snowing? Oh, we're getting 18 inches in a cup in Monday and Tuesday. So all right. We got a break, got a break today. We got a break today. <laughs> <laughs> Joe R. Sexaholic. Hey, um, I don't want I don't I don't have a question, my good friend Joel. I just wanted to share on what home meant to me. And I've been searching for a home for very many, many years. Um, someplace to feel safe, um, where people are are my are my family. And I didn't have that growing up, and I, I was married twice. I didn't have happy homes then either, um, until I came to the program and realized that home is where you're comfortable, where you feel like you can say anything you want, like you can, you have love for the people around you. I uh, didn't have much of that growing up, um, but I love everybody in this room. If I know you or not, you're part of my life, um, and. I, I like what he said, what Joel said before, home is where the heart is. And my heart is in these rooms. I need to be here because I feel comfortable. I'm not judged. All the things that you that I always wish for, I get in these rooms. And to me, that's just totally amazing. So I appreciate your uh, share on that, Joel. Um, you brought up a lot of things. The music is was very important to me growing up because it allowed me to escape. Um, 
and I listened to a lot of music growing up, and I don't have as much uh, of the uh, know how, know whatever the word is that you do. But music was a very important to me too because it allowed me to escape. I don't escape anymore, so I come here. This is my escape. <laughs> Reality is my escape now, and uh, that's good. That's good stuff for me. Helps me stay sober and work this program on a daily basis. So I appreciate your share, Joel. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. You know, I should have said this. Um, uh, we really should. Um, I mean, everybody's been shortened to the point, but I'm going to time everybody for two minutes uh, so everybody will have a chance to say what they need to say or ask whatever questions. Okay. Andrew H., you're up. John, the story I'm telling myself is that you think I'm long-winded and you felt the need to start timing as soon as I go to talk. <laughs> but... Uh, all kidding aside, uh, Joel, thank you very much for uh, the way you uh, brought us in uh, this morning. Um, every time I think of a question, somebody else asks it, but I do want to ch share about how your talk inspired me. Um, the first thing that came to mind is uh, when I was uh, younger, I really had this theme about songs that related um you know i could relate to and it was all these songs about rain um and I, i'm i'm not going to try and pull them you know out of the hat and try and figure out which ones they were but i distinctly recall just having this you know five or six songs set that were songs about rain or had rain in them and you know i really just made that romantic at the time i just in my mind romanticized that and Looking back, I really just think that um, that just is a window into my soul about how gloomy I could be in those moments, um, how, uh, you know, down and depressed I may have been. Um, so it was very interesting that you, you know, related your your talk on home to those songs about home. And I, I understand how you come by that genuinely um, with your passion. So uh, it was very interesting to me to reflect upon my theme when I was younger with the, the songs, you know, relating to uh, terrain. So um, you also spoke about the, uh, you know, the uh, literature, We Were Home. And I wanted to just take a moment and uh, to speak about how that journey went for me. Um, it wasn't until I was in these rooms and I could utter those phrases, we were home. And I can remember saying it over and over and over again. And then there was this one day when I said it and I felt it. Like it was profound to me when I said that finally, and I genuinely felt it inside of me. This is a safe place. I feel at home in this Zoom window with this group of people. I can be myself. What came after that was being at home within myself, you know, so being having that modeled in these rooms allowed me to internalize being home and comfortable within myself. And I couldn't outwardly be home anywhere until those two steps were met. And that was a, a journey for me in recovery in this program and uh, modeled by the uh, the fellows, the men and women who, who come into these rooms and share openly. So uh, as you bring up, you know, a very interesting choice of phrasing, we were home and I couldn't be at home anywhere until I was home in these rooms. And it was a great journey. And I thank everybody, you know, that's here today for being part of that journey with me. So uh, thank you very much for letting me share. Thank you, Sharon Andrew. Just a quick thing about rain songs. That's that's great. That's amazing that you brought that up because they are they are so far flung. I mean, you think of the Doors' "Riders on the Storm," which is uh, you know paints a, a tough picture, and then you look at the Beatles' "Rain," you know, and how people are indifferent to things, and then you look at Eric Clapton' "Let It Rain," which is about love. So I mean, it's you know, rain can be anything. So thank you. Thank you. Wendy on Long Island, you're up. Hi, I'm Wendy. I'm a sexaholic. I'm a lustaholic. Um, I'm so happy um, to hear you, Joel. I was having problems with my internet, and I got on at the end, of course, during the recovery part. So I'm not sure if you said anything like good and dirty in the beginning, but, and uh, I'm going to have to get the tape and check that out. I happen to be one of the blessed ones that go to in-person meetings with you. So um, nobody shares is personal and deep and um, tells us how they're feeling and uh, stays in the solution 
as much as you do, Joel, and some of the other guys that I am with every week. In-person meetings are really working for me. There's something about me focusing. Um, the Zoom, it saved me. You know, it really did save me, um, but I find myself sometimes not, you know, doing five things at once um, instead of you'd never be able to get away with that shit in an in-person meeting. You know, I have Amazon. I need an Amazon anonymous sometimes. So, I mean, I could be, you know, buying things and listening to a meeting at the same time. So I wanted to thank you for in-person meetings. Um, you know, music, I don't know if it's just our age or our time. Um it was just totally different, the meanings of songs and things like that. And I remember I had a whole set of uh, when I was somebody broke up with me or I was sad. I had a whole set of um, sad stuff. You know, my my um, Graham Nash was my favorite and I would put him on and it would just be so sad and romantic. And I don't know what we were thinking, but um, today I'm recovered. I'm recovered from that obsession to reach out to somebody else to make me feel whole. You know, I was just addicted to the intrigue and, you know, the forbidden. And I love when people talk about having two different lives and, you know, that they were so busy. I don't even know how I had the time to do the stuff that I was doing when I'm so busy now. You know, I think that way of people that are also um, when they're retired, they say they're so busy. They're so busy. I can't imagine that. I'm not up to that. Husband says I can't do that quite yet. Um, bills have to be paid, but. Anyway, Joel, I know what you do, and I know you do meditation, and I know that all these tools are so important for me to stay recovered. So I'm recovered today. I don't have that obsession. Um, I'm not as sick in the mind as I usually am, and I plan on spending most of my day right here. So thanks so much for sharing. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks, Sharon, Wendy. Nathalie in Belgium. You're Thank up. you, Don. Natalie, sexaholic. Thank you, Joel. I don't know you and you don't know me, but thank you so much for your share. Um, I don't know yet if I have a question. Maybe my cat has a question. I don't know. Um, what I want to share is that when I when I came to my first essay meeting, I was not ready yet. I was not ready. And they were talking about I'm home, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought they are nuts. They are very old-fashioned about their sobriety definition, et cetera, et cetera. And one year later, I was ready. And I came to my second meeting a year later, my first meeting. And everybody was sharing and I was just crying. And I felt in that moment, now I'm home. I've been looking for, I don't know what I've been looking for all my life in guys and relationships and everything. But I finally was home. And now I'm in the program and sober for um, a little over two years. And I'm getting to this point that I am really sometimes I get scared that I need my local fellowship too much or that they get too close to me or I get too close to them and uh, I talked about this with uh, one of my fellows a local fellows he has 13 years of sobriety and I talked about about this with him a week ago and he said Natalie what is your fear and I said that you guys see that I am not perfect or whatever, you know, I just have to be perfect to be loved. And he said, we see you in a local, here face-to-face -face meetings every week for two years now. Do you really think we don't know all your character defects yet? You have a bunch of them and we still love you, you know, we really do love you. And then I really realized now I'm home. Because they accept me. People accept me for who I am. I don't have to be someone else to be loved, to be accepted, whatever. But now I am home, finally. And I don't think I have a question. I just wanted to share this and uh, share my gratitude for your share. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Natalie. Because um, I know you're always doing either knitting or needlepoint or, you know, and. Uh, Good to see someone that can uh, do more than one thing at a time. Okay, the floor is open. Rob S. in New York. Hey, Rob. You're muted, bud. All right. Can you hear me? Yep. 
All right. Uh, you can hear me, but you can't see me. Okay. Hey, good morning, everyone. Rob S., grateful to recovering sexaholic. Uh, so grateful to be here. Joel, thank you very, very much for that. Um, yeah, uh, great share, great, uh, uh, great plus qualification, great, great sharing here in this meeting. Um, I, too, am a big music person. It gets me in my soul. A couple of things that um, I related to. I love that uh, Blind Faith Stevie Winwood song. Can't find my way home. Uh, and uh, two other things I wanted to mention were the question, the comment about the Rain songs. Uh, the Who's Love Rain or Me? Amazing. And um, also, also uh, Frank Zappa had well, said. Everybody, yep. could you mute yourself if you're not sharing? Okay, Rob. All right, thanks. And Frank Zappa also said, home is where the heart is on the bus, which reminded me of the Bozo bus um, that we're <laughs> on. Um, yeah, so great stuff. Um, yeah, I thought I heard, uh, I heard, and I, I hope the crosstalk is okay. I heard Dennis ask a great question. When did you find that you were really home? Um, I... Uh, I, I, for me, um, I remember early on, uh, some 17 months ago, I started listening. The, the problem really, uh, struck a chord in me, like, um, um, the idea of isolation and, uh, um, uh, bypassing intimacy, uh, really. And then of course the all together now we were home, um, so in this meeting, uh, and and I will say Don's another one, and, he's, and he said it to me a number of times, I was so hesitant to feel I was bothering him to call him. And he said, boy, uh, you've really, uh, uh, I'll use the word grown in that respect, that uh, if I need to make a call, um, and maybe it's through constant reassurance <laughs> from my sponsor saying, if you need to make a call, you make a call. And even if you don't need to make a call, make a call. Um, and so now I just call and I, you know, uh, I might be fearful of doing it and I might feel like I have nothing to say, but I just, I just do it. Um, and, and I probably don't do it enough. And, uh, so I'm really grateful for that. And I very much feel that, um, not only in this meeting, but there are certain other meetings that I've gone on the Glumlot meeting, like, you know, in the simple thing of when you, when I introduce myself, they say, Hey Rob, I take that to heart. It feels, I make up the story that I am genuinely home. I am wanted in that meeting. Um, you know, the fellowship is home for me. So I'm just really grateful for that reminder, Joel. And uh, uh, you're one of my go-to guys also who I call and we've discussed some, you know, pretty intimate things. And who would have thought that a guy who has a fear of intimacy can call someone up who, they, who he doesn't know very well and trust in them and talk about very intimate things, you know, in a wide, wide range of topics. So I'm so grateful for that. And uh, thanks for all your service today. Hey, Rob, that'll pass. Thanks. Those kind words. Esther, thanks. you're up, and Justin, you're on deck. Hi, my name is Esther. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. Thank you so much, Joel. Um, I'm really, really sick right now, and I'm just like so grateful to have this today because I usually work all day, and I'm like, oh, okay, God wanted me to listen to this. And I just, I really, really am so grateful to hear that because, sorry. Um, what's, what's ringing true to me and what's like coming up for me a lot is, um, the idea of that work home, like for such a long time, I felt so alone growing up. Like I didn't have a place. No one really understood me. No one got me, but the top people that I'm reaching out when I'm sick are program people. I call my mom because she's my mom and she's just comforting. But the people that I reach out to and say, Hey, you know, dark thoughts are coming up because I have nothing to do, but my own primary purpose right now being sick is to take care of myself and get physically better. But my brain starts going crazy with all these like thoughts of like, where are you at in life on all these things? And the people that I want to reach out to are my program people. And, you know, I didn't get to go to my home meeting this morning. I'm just so grateful that I 
I have this meeting right now that I get to be around people and like see Dennis and different people in these meetings that like I, I, I know. And it's really nice to meet you. And I really appreciate your share. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for so sharing much. Okay, Justin, you're up. Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm Justin. I'm a sexaholic can recovery. <clears throat> uh, thank you for your share, Joel. Um, you know, I've, um, thanks to Zoom, I've been able to get to know you just a little bit uh, over the last year or two. Um, and I've really appreciated your shares. And something that really struck me, just um, kind of where I'm at, is I've been in, um, to one degree or another, I've been in recovery in these rooms for know a little over 10 years and i still feel like i've just got a long ways to go um you know people say i uh i've come a short way in a long time and i really feel that for me uh, a lot of a lot of folks that are in this room have been in program way shorter than they're in my mind they're a lot further down the road than i am so one of the things that struck me about what you said <clears throat> is um you know somebody brought up uh, 20 questions about emotional sobriety to me a few months ago and i that just like knocked me on my ass. And um, what struck me about your share is that, and I can't take your inventory, but I really hear some things in there that make me think about you're exhibiting good emotional sobriety. And one of those is somebody else said, you know, you feel what you feel and your wife feels what she feels. And um, that's a, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that needs the attaboys and um, I still need that even though I've been in, in the program for a while. And so my question to you is, <clears throat> is there something, are there any tools or tricks that, that you use that kind of helped you get down that path of what I would call emotional sobriety? And again, I'm trying not to take your inventory here, but at least those aspects that you've talked about that I would consider emotional sobriety. Is there something that you um, kind of worked through to get it? Or was that a natural outflow of your of your program work? Or uh, was that something you kind of concentrated on? Um, so I don't know if I asked that question very well, but hopefully uh, that made a little bit of sense. And I just want to say again, thank you for your share and thank you for the inspiration. Well, thank you, Justin. I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's funny when you said, you know, is it a natural outgrowth? I don't think anything here is a natural outgrowth. Everything is unnatural until it becomes natural. Um, and just like, you know, just like you said to me, you know, it was not natural. I had to take the action and keep taking the action. And then the feelings would follow. I've read that so many times, but with this, it's a lot of surrender. And I'm constantly surrendering it. And my surrender mantra is just let it go, let it go, let it go. I use that a lot when I'm driving, when people, you know, not everybody on the road knows what they're doing, as I'm sure you can find. And uh, I have to stop judging. And I realized the other day that, you know, maybe that person is not from the area and he thought he had to go right, but then all of a sudden he had to go left. Or maybe someone's in the car telling him, no, go left here. I have no idea. So I can't judge anybody. And I have to surrender that. And it's the same thing. Um, like I said, there are people, you know, we're all in a, in a 12 step program and we understand each other. So even when I speak and I'm saying, gee, I wonder if they understood what I'm talking about, you know, I shouldn't have to because everybody pretty much understands everything. And that's why I said there are people that are not in a 12 step program that I have to just be patient with and understand. They don't know from where I'm coming from. I know where I'm coming from. That doesn't mean anybody else knows. And I can't explain it a lot of times, but you guys get me. So that's my unnatural bit way of being natural. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Joel. Okay. Thanks, Joel. Don, if I can, sorry, Don, if I can just uh, yeah. add on real quick. Um, what you said about the, you know, turn left instead of turn right or something like that reminded me when I first started trying to, um, a little bit before I got into recovery, I was um, working with a, a, a psychologist to work on depression. And, um, you know, this talks kind of goes towards resentment. And, you know, he's talking about um, <clears throat> on the road, like 
Oh, wait a second. Hey, Justin, if you could wrap it up quickly, we've only got about five minutes left before we have to wrap it up, and I want to give everybody else a chance. So, do oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm, Go I'm ahead. Sorry, Don. I'll just wrap it up real quick and say, you know, we can send a man to the moon, but we can't get my red light to let me drive past and discreet, you know, two or three times. It just really struck me about resentment. So, sorry. Thanks, Don. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Justin. You. Thanks, Justin. Okay, Jimmy D, and then James, and then Mike. So, um, everybody, I'll take it about a minute, I'd say, minute and a half. Thank you, Don. <clears throat> My name is Jimmy D. I'm a recovered sexaholic, but just for today. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, thank you, Joel. That was a very, very creative presentation. I really enjoyed that. <clears throat> I'm not a musician, but I was in a doo-wop group when I was a young kid, and I, too, love music. But, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan. As many of you know, I'm a fan of the uh, Big Book of AA. And my sponsor in this program uh, was a blessing that he, too, was uh, a fan of the big book of SA, of AA. And we use that to go through the 12 steps. I'm also a recovered uh, alcoholic, and he is not. So it was a gift to have him uh, use that book. And one of the things that two things come up for me in, in that book uh, that, that I want to just bring up to you. And one of them is a question. <clears throat> First of all, uh, First of all, it's a, it's a commentary or a, a commendation about you. Uh, it says in, in our literature that nothing ensures us against the first drink and or relapse uh, like vigorous work with other sexaholics. I'm changing it a little bit. <clears throat> and since I've known you, I came back to SA after a 20-year, 22-year relapse, a lapse, and came back ever since I've known you. When I came back in 2019, you uh, were actively involved in service, which I would consider to be very, very helpful to most people in SA. You're always a timekeeper at the Saturday meeting, and I got a big kick out of that because the guy who was a friend of mine didn't like that. He didn't like when you only gave him two or three minutes and he used to yell at you. He doesn't come anymore. <laughs> but the other thing, uh, he was a very angry young fella. <clears throat> but the other thing is that in our text, it says uh, what we have, we may have an illness that only a spiritual experience will conquer. Uh, how would you characterize your spiritual experience and what's your relationship like with this God of your own conception? Thanks. Before before you go and answer that, Joel, we really got to move it. So as quick as you can. I'm going to keep it quick. Um, my spiritual connection with God is God as I know him. You know, my, you know, which is my God. It doesn't relate to anybody else's God. And um, I'm not religious. I don't... Uh, don't work in you know organized religion but i work in spiritualism and my spiritualism god to me is a power greater than me it's a power within me it's a power without me and it's a power in any everybody all you guys are god in the flesh or god in the video as as it might go so um that's that's how i relate to him and i speak to god during the day all the time so thank you jimmy thanks joe thanks Jim, you're, James, you're up. Joel, just wanted to say, I miss you, buddy. My higher power and my sponsor are both nudging me to get my ass back to Seaford to shake your hand. Love you. Thanks, guys. Waiting for you. Thanks, you know, James. Waiting for you, James. Just come back. I'm coming. You? I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> Love you, buddy. My, Mike, you're up. Okay. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Mike, recovering sex addict. <clears throat> Mike. Thanks, Joel, for that. Uh, sharing about your what home is for you and I really appreciated too the musical aspect and it made me think like the different takes on what home you know striving for home or like a you know different ways that what authentic home is versus what's not authentic home and I was thinking about this book I read in college uh, you can't go home again when you were talking about the those different songs by Thomas Wolfe and he's trying to go back to some innocent time and it's not there. Like we can go back, I can maybe heal things from our childhood and different things, but we can't, you know, we can't really go back to some time. I do. I, sometimes I go back to old places where we lived like in the Rockaways where my grandparents had a bungalow I like to go around those places or, or in the Sydney project in Manhattan where we where we lived. But there's a part of me that like wants to go back to this innocent time, but it's just not, you know, it's not to be. But you can go home, like Joel said, you can go home to a place of 
authenticity. And um, that song, the Blind Faith song, also he says, um, I'm wasted and I can't find my way home. And I think a lot of us here have been wasted. If anybody's now feeling wasted, I think you can you can get home by getting to a place of authenticity. That's what we're what we're working on here. So thanks, Joel. Thanks, Mike. Okay, thanks. last participant, Mike M. You're up. All right, thank you, Don. Thank you so much, Joel, for uh, your service today. Uh, yeah, and uh, I want to just thank you also for uh, just really instilling that sense of home in this program. It's always great to walk into a live meeting and see you there. You know, you just uh, you're so giving, and I appreciate uh, you nominating me sometimes to chair and encouraging me to grow in this program and all your support you give me. Uh, I guess my, my question is, uh, just, I know you, you meditate, and uh, what what do you kind of consider like essential parts of your day in working your program? Well, really, it's it starts with my morning, because that's where I meet the day. And, you know, coming out of sleep into consciousness some is a is a decision I have to make. What am I going to do with this day? And I think the first thing I do in my prayers is I thank God for the new day. I'm alive today. And the second thing I do is I say to God, I want to be sober today. Please help me stay sober. And then the rest of the prayer is praying for all kinds of people. Um, you know, if I have time, I will meditate. Uh, and uh exercise so it's really about becoming alive and becoming you know one with the day and that's you know and if i can carry that through the day and you know at night look back and say what could i have done today that uh what could i have done better today or and sometimes the answer is gee nothing but sometimes there's a lot of things i could have done better so you know it's just you know taking that and looking at it so Thank you, Mike. Appreciate your service, too. Okay. Joel, thank, thank you so you, Joel. much. Thank you so much for sharing, Joel. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.